Welcome to the Explorer Poet Podcast, an exploration of the blurry line separating our physical world from our abstract realities. You talk about something called a soul's high adventure. Man is born with a certain functioning. A kind of house of meaning that we dwell in. A clandestine land found underneath your floorboards. These represent a common human inheritance. A common vocabulary of rituals and symbols. Let's let you know where you are. Such and such a hero has done so and so, and that is your what am I going to do, quit? That's not an option. you got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it. You make it work for you. You never give up. Follow your bliss. I mean, find where it is and don't be afraid to, to follow it. Conversations and stories, myths and reality, science and the gods we worship, the esoteric and the everyday. Come explore with me. Okay. Hello, everybody. Today, I would like to share some insights from one of my favorite stories of all time. It's a story about a young panda who's filled with self-doubt, but is destined to become the dragon warrior. And this is the story of Kung Fu Panda. And this young, this young panda who's destined for greatness, his name is Poe. Poe is a, he's a simple guy. He works for his father, who is a noodle maker. And he has a noodle restaurant, and uh, noodles is the family business, and that's the culture he grows up in. And Poe doesn't really fit in his family culture, and his thing is that he's a oversized panda with a big appetite, uh, but deep down, deep down inside of him, the thing that he truly loves is kung fu. Only he's not, he's not actually participating in kung fu because he's working at his father's restaurant as a noodle maker. <laughs> he, uh, he serves noodles and he washes dishes and he helps his father around the restaurant. But deep down, Poe's po destiny, his passion, his love is all about kung fu. And the movie starts off with a really cool scene where uh, it's actually Poe's dream. So he's dreaming and in the dream, we see a lot of foreshadowing for the future. But um, in the moment when he's dreaming, it's probably more like Freud's idea of a dream being a wish fulfillment. So in the dream, Poe has already become the dragon warrior. He's risen to the highest peaks of Kung Fu. And now he defends China from evildoers and evil warriors and Kung Fu masters who have gone astray. And so in this dream, he narrates it himself, and he says that Poe, the dragon warrior, travels across China in search of worthy foe. And I, I really like the phrase worthy foe because, oh, there's two different, there's maybe, there's lots of different ways to think about it. But two interesting ways to think about it is perhaps one from a Western perspective. What is a foe? A foe is an enemy. It's somebody to perhaps be feared. It's somebody who may perhaps bring damage or ruin upon you. But in this case, when especially when it comes to Kung Fu, perhaps it's better to look at this word foe uh, from an Eastern perspective, which is to say that our enemies are, or our, our opponents are not our enemies. Our foe is not evil just by inherently being our foe. Rather, this is Kung Fu. So the foe is our teacher. An opponent is our teacher, and he goes in search of worthy foe. So he's looking for somebody. Uh, he's not looking for somebody to defeat. He's not looking for somebody to, I don't know, like raise himself up. But what he's looking for is somebody who can actually challenge him. And it's an interesting idea that we do see play out in in the world today, particularly particularly in the world of sports, where if you're really good at basketball. You may go play in Europe or Asia and do well and make a lot of money and win championships, but if you are interested in trying to be the best of the best, then you've got to go where the best play. You've got to go find worthy foe. And so eventually all the best talent in the world comes to the NBA in America, the National Basketball Association. And that's simply because it's the best basketball in the world. If you want to play the best soccer players in the world, then you probably go to Europe. You know, and this is this is how it works. If you want to accomplish anything that requires you to get better, 
whether it's in academics or business or the arts, what it's going to require is for somebody to push back against you. Somebody to say, hey, I don't know if that idea works or I don't believe that that thing's going to be as productive as you think it is. And then you need you need these people to test you. That's the whole point of a foe. And so you don't actually have to look at everybody in the world as a foe, but you could look at anybody who's willing to push you uh, as somebody who's worthy to have in your life. And so um, Poe is in this dream and he's dreaming of being the dragon warrior, which ultimately I guess means that he's reached his full potential as a kung fu master. And in the dream, there's a lot of clear um, misalignment of motivations. And what I mean by that is that in the dream, he goes out in search of worthy foe and he defeats the foe. But then Poe turns around and he talks about all of his awesomeness and his, his bodacity and how attractive he is. And he talks about how he strikes fear into the hearts of, of his enemies and those he protects love him and, and cheer on his greatness. And so in the dream, it's a wish fulfillment of becoming the dragon master or the dragon warrior. But then what he really dwells on in the dream is a bunch of things related to reputation and ego. And when it comes to actually pursuing a dream, pursuing something that you want to accomplish, these are going to be things that may motivate you in the beginning. They may motivate, you know, they made it motivated Poe to want to become a Kung Fu warrior, but they're not enough to push you into the process of actually becoming something. They're fear and uh, fear of, uh, sorry, uh, wanting other people to fear you or wanting other people to love you is not going to be enough to help Poe transcend his current self and become the Dragon Master. So there's a lot of foreshadowing in this dream. But at the same time, there's there's a missing element. And you can see that Poe's going to have to discover that in order to truly become the dragon warrior and save his kingdom. So starting off in the beginning of the movie, Poe has his dream. His father wakes him up from the dream and he says, Poe, you're always dreaming. Get back to work, you know, get back to work. And herein lies one of the biggest themes of the story, but also one of the biggest takeaways or messages that we can take away and that's this friction here between poe and his father because his poe's father uh he's a goose which is ironic since poe is a panda and if i ever get to episodes uh or or the sequel or the uh, maybe it's even the third one i think it's the third one but maybe we'll get to why poe's dad is a goose and he's a panda but right away you see a misalignment in cultures and this is a very common motif in a lot of hero stories where there's a culture existing, there's a culture that exists, and there's a father figure there who is trying to pass that culture down to the son. And Poe is a really good son, and so he, he loves his father, he wants to please his father, he wants to do the things that would make his father proud of him. And all his dad thinks about is noodles <laughs> and his noodle business and his secret recipe to his secret recipe soup. And to to Poe in his senses, you know, he loves food, of course, because he's a panda, but he loves Kung Fu more. And so when his dad comes to him and he says, what were you dreaming about? Poe actually lies to him. Poe doesn't want to tell him that he was dreaming about being the dragon warrior. So he lies and tells his dad that he was having a dream about noodles. And <laughs> so you can see in a way that this he's got this desire to please the father. But in reality, this desire to please the father is really just a desire not to hurt the father. Love might be the motivation, but the behavior isn't love. The behavior is actually fear, masked as desire, fear of displeasing his father. And so rather than tell him the real dream that he had, he tells him, that he had a noodle dream and his father gets really excited about it because this noodle dream is a generational dream that their family has. And so again, this goes back to the culture, culture being passed down from one generation to the next. And if you listen to me talk long enough, you'll, you'll hear me say this a lot, but all cultures that exist moving forward, all cultures that move into the future are conservative cultures. 
And I don't mean conservative from a political perspective. I just mean uh, more from a psychological way of being, right? So rather than, so, so for a culture to exist for a long time, it must value the things that make up that culture. And so the people inside of that culture will then try to pass that culture down. And these are memes. They're actually memes inside of cultures. Uh, where did I read this? Maybe this is Richard Dawkins, but there are memes inside of cultures that help to perpetuate that culture. And what's happening here is this dream is one of those memes where the father says, oh, you had the generational dream too. You're also destined to make noodles. And even though Poe doesn't want to make noodles, he goes along with it so that he can please his father and continue this conservative culture. And something really ha interesting happens at the very end of this scene where he's talking with his father and he's lying to him. And you can tell Poe's struggling to, to figure out what he's supposed to do and how he's supposed to feel when he really wants to be the dragon warrior and all he can, all he's allowed to do is think about noodles. And just at the end of this scene, the camera, I guess it's not the camera because it's a cartoon, but somehow it pans out and you see Poe and he's got his eyes on something higher than noodles. Literally, he's looking up, and he's looking up towards the mountain. And up at the top of the mountain, you see this palace, and this is the Jade Palace. It's the home of Kung Fu in the kingdom. It's where all the Kung Fu masters go, and they train under Master Ugwe and Master Shifu. And so it plays this really... I just, the end of the scene is really nice, because you see that while Poe is doing his best to comply with his father's culture, he's got his eye on something bigger. He's got his eye on something else, something that's for him, that he alone can accomplish. And that's becoming the Dragon Warrior. Now, from the very beginning, there's actually no hint in Poe's own personal life that he will become the Dragon Warrior. To him, it's all a dream. It's all a fantasy. It's just something that he wants so bad, but he knows that he's not the person that could ever do it. Now, the story shifts then to the Jade Palace, where we're introduced to Master Shifu and Master Ugwe. Now, Master Shifu is an interesting character. Master Shifu is the kung fu master who will eventually come to train Poe. Now, just to give a little insight into who he is, and this is interesting, Poe is a panda. He's this large, black and white, over overeating, really heavy panda who's slow and can't climb stairs. Now, Master Shifu, I don't know if this is intentional, but if it is, it's it's pretty brilliant because Master Shifu is a red panda. Now, biologically, in the real world, there's no real relationship between a red panda and a black panda. They just kind of have a similar look with spots on their eyes. But the, the red panda is often considered or often called the lesser panda. Now, that's not to say that Master Shifu is less than Poe, but in a way, it's an interesting... Uh, way to present him as somebody who who has a lot of the same characteristics as Poe, even though we may not recognize it from the beginning. So with Master Shifu, his role as the story kicks off is to be training the other Kung Fu warriors at the Jade Palace. And these this group of warriors is called the Fabulous Five. And there's a, a mantis, a snake, a tigress, a monkey, and a crane. And so these five are the fabulous five who Master Shifu is training. But right away you see that Master Shifu is not a happy trainer. He seems kind of grumpy. He tells his students that he's disappointed in them. Um, he's got, he's just got kind of like a, a tough, bitter attitude. And we'll, we'll figure out what that's all about later. But from the very beginning in the movie, he goes to visit Master Ugwe. And Master Ugwe is a slow-moving, really old, kind of aged tortoise who speaks in riddles. And from a physical perspective, you would never expect him to be able to perform kung fu as far as fighting and grappling with people. But, um, but he's been training for a long time, and he's a master. And he calls Master Shifu. And Master Shifu says, Master Ugwe, what's wrong? And Master Ugwe always has a really wise, kind of calm, profound response, which is usually a question. And he says, 
why must something be wrong for me to want to talk to my old friend? And so Master Shifu's like, oh, okay, okay, so it's not wrong. Nothing's wrong, nothing's bad. Um, and Master Uguay tells him that he's had a vision, and in this vision, the great Tai Lung, who's been held in prison for 20 years, is going to escape and come and attack the kingdom. And so it's up to them now to find the dragon warrior, train the dragon warrior, and prepare him to defeat Tai Lung as his ultimate destiny in saving China. And uh, Master Shifu, ever the doubting Thomas, he says to Master Ugwe, that's impossible. You know, he says, that's impossible. There's no way Tai Lung could escape. And Master Ugwe just simply says, nothing is impossible. And so they must prepare. They must prepare. So Shifu has this idea that he needs to send a messenger to the prison, to Chorgon prison, just to make sure, just to make sure that Tai Lung doesn't have a chance of escaping, that he's not going to go anywhere. So he sends this messenger to double the guards, double the weapons, double everything. And Ugwe makes this very poignant comment. <laughs> it's very good. And this is something that I hate to admit, but this is something I do in my life all the time. And uh, it's frustrating, but I, I, I'll explain a little bit. But Ugwe says, one often meets his destiny on the road he takes to avoid it. <laughs> Oh, man. So essentially, from the very beginning, Ugwe can see what's going to happen. He's telling Shifu, hey, Shifu, your fears, your own fears are the thing that's going to manifest this problem. And that's what I mean that this is something I do all the time in my own life. I worry about something that's not a big deal, or I worry about something that's not entirely likely or just maybe a low probability. But I worry about it so much and I build myself up so much being worried about it that it can't not happen at that point, right? You're so in your head, you've already accepted that it's real, then it's going to happen. And the way that Ugwe and Shifu go back and forth, it just really, it paints this picture of Ugwe, a master who has risen to a place of like peace peace with everything. There is no good news. There is no bad news. There's only news. And then Shifu, you can see right away, is at a place where he's still on that path. He's still on a journey to get to a place of peace. And he's not sure what to do. And so he's kind of panicking and he's like, Ugwe, Ugwe, what do we do? What do we do? And Ugwe has to stop him and say to Shifu, we need the dragon master. That's what we need. And so he takes him into the hall and there's this this long haul of uh, basically kung fu memorabilia, which is fun. It's like a kung fu museum. And there is a large dragon in the ceiling. And it's it's over top of a, a, fa- like a, a, a fountain or like a pool, like a shallow pool. And the dragon's over top of the pool. And in its mouth, there's a scroll. And it's out of reach. It's so high up, it's out of reach. And then inside the pool, there's another, not a statue necessarily, but kind of a, an, uh, a carving or an, em- uh, an emblem of a dragon under the water as well. And so what Ugwe says to Master Shifu, he says, your mind is like this water, my friend. When it is agitated, it becomes difficult to see. But if you allow it to settle, the answer becomes clear. And as he uh, takes his staff and taps it to the water, he sends ripples out. And after the ripples go out, you see clear through, and there under the surface is the dragon master, like the the um, the carving of the dragon, symbolizing the dragon master. And so at that point, Shifu understands that their task from this point on is to find out who is supposed to be the dragon warrior and give them the dragon scroll so that they can know the answers, or they can know the secret to the dragon kung fu. And they describe it as something that gives you limitless power. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know who this dragon master, dragon warrior is supposed to be, but right away Shifu has this idea that it's someone who's supposed, it's supposed to be one of his current students, one of the fabulous five. 
And so what they do is they put together this big announcement. It's like a big party, festival, big announcement thing. And it's up at the Jade Palace, so everybody has to go up there so they can announce the Dragon Warrior. And <laughs> Poe really, really wants to go. Poe really wants to go and see who the new Dragon Warrior is going to be. But again, he runs into this parental, cultural, conservative values conflict where he wants to go because he loves Kung Fu and he's excited and he wants to know who the Dragon Warrior is. But his dad wants him to go so that he can pull a noodle cart up the hill and sell noodles. And once again, Poe isn't able to stand up for himself. He can't tell his father no, and so he takes the noodle cart. And it takes him so long to get there that by the time he gets to the palace, the gates are closed. Now that's a really interesting thing to think about. If we focus so much on pleasing our culture, if we spend too much time thinking about the past, thinking about what's worked in the past, and thinking about other people wanting us to keep doing what happened in the past, then we're going to miss the opportunities that are just for us. Those gates that are open for us, that are our own unique individual opportunities, those are the gates that will close on us if we only focus on what's expected of us culturally and from the past. And so when when <laughs> when Bo gets to the announcement, he's locked outside the gates. He can't even participate in the biggest day of Kung Fu, the, the announcement of the Dragon Warrior, because he's, he's too worried about pleasing other people. And then on the inside of the gates, uh, there's this big gathering going on, and Master Shifu and Master Uguay are right up front. And the Fabulous Five are there to present themselves hoping to be found worthy to be chosen as the dragon warrior. And in this moment, Ugwe turns to Shifu, and he talks about selecting the dragon warrior and, and being able to train somebody or prepare somebody to um, defend the kingdom from Tai Lung. And he looks at his friend Shifu, and he says something about how he hopes that the dragon warrior will not only bring peace to the valley, but peace to you, Shifu. And uh, it's a, again, it's a, a little bit of foreshadowing because we're building up to understand what it is, what Shifu's role in this whole thing is. Um, meanwhile, still stuck outside, Poe is struggling to figure out what to do. He seems destined not to participate. He seems destined not to even get to participate in his own destiny. He's an outsider looking in. It's as if he's not a good fit for the event. It's as if he drug his feet too much and so he doesn't get to participate or he's just not the kind of person who would get to be involved in Kung Fu, this thing that he loves. So he tries all sorts of different ways to get over the gate or see through the through maybe a, a hole in the gate or the fence. And he's trying and trying and trying and trying. And eventually determination gets him in the gates. And the way it happens is that he straps himself to a bunch of fireworks and he tries to light it. And it doesn't light. And so at first it seems like, oh, he's failed. And this is an important part. This is an important part. And we need... We need to be aware of what's happening here. Because even though Poe failed to get himself in the gates, to get himself inside the gates, even after lighting the fireworks didn't work, he's just standing there. And then it's as if fate selects him for his passion. Meaning that fate itself seems to light the fireworks. All of a sudden they do come to light. You know, seconds later they do come to light and they shoot him up into the sky. And then, uh, oh, okay, wait, let me take a step back here. I think I skipped something. Before he's able to get into the gates, his father shows up, the goose shows up, and he says, Poe, what are you doing? You're supposed to be selling noodles. And Poe is so desperate at this point to, to be able to just see the selection process for the dragon warrior. He's so desperate at this point that he finally is able to stand up to his father 
and tell him that he's not a noodle person, that he loves Kung Fu. And so it's the first time in his life that he's been able to speak the truth out loud. He finally says who he is. He finally admits to the path that he wants. And it's at that point that the fire the firework suddenly lights and it shoots him into the sky. <laughs> and from the sky on a giant ball of fire, Poe comes crashing down and he lands at the feet of Master Ugwe as he points to who the dragon warrior is supposed to be. And so everybody looks down and here's Poe lying on the ground staring up at Master Ugwe and nobody can believe it. But Master Ugwe says, the universe has brought us the dragon warrior. And it's beautiful in this way because who better to move the culture forward than the person who started it all, Master Ugwe, way back at the beginning. And it's important because here's, a, here's someone who understands what culture needs. Culture needs a little bit of outside influence. Culture needs a little bit of change here and there. And he's not afraid to look outside the group who's already been there and look at somebody different and say, yes, that somebody can meet this challenge. And so Shifu protests. He said, this has to be an accident. It's just an accident. And Master Ugwe looks at him and he says, there are no accidents. Now, this is, again, this is, <laughs> there's, so many ma- there's so many wise phrases from Master Ugwe, but this is a big one. The world I grew up in, coming from a Western Christian society is as if there's, it was always taught to me as if there's this plan from, from heaven, from God, from the universe, some, something bigger, there's a plan. And that's why there are no accidents because there's, there's somebody controlling it all. And the plan includes those things that look like accidents. Now, this is, a, this is a way of looking at things that only works if you have a very dogmatic view of God or God's purpose and us in God's purpose. And this is the way that I grew up. This is the way I grew up uh, being taught. Or this is the way that I was taught when I was growing up. Now, now it's actually apparent to me that what Master Uguay is saying is quite the opposite. What Master Ugwe is saying is there is no plan. So if something happens, it can't be an accident because there was no intention in the first place. So he's saying again, things just happen. There is no good news. There is no bad news. There's just news. And we move forward with it. And so at this point, Poe has been chosen by destiny and by Master Ugwe to become the dragon warrior. And then Master Shifu is given the task of training him to be the dragon warrior. Now, this is a task that Master Shifu does not want, and he's determined to make Poe quit because he thinks that it's all a mistake. <laughs> he thinks it's all an accident. And uh, meanwhile, while all of this is going on, Shifu's messenger arrives at the prison, um, w- you know, way far away where Tai Lung is chained up, and he meets the rhino warden. And this warden has this hubris about his prison. He says that nobody could ever escape. Tai Lung's the only prisoner and he's not going to escape. And as he brags in the moment when he brags about the inescapability of his prison, he slaps the bird. I don't know if it's a duck or a goose, whoever the messenger is. He slaps him on the back. And as he, sna- as he slaps him on the back, a single feather becomes dislodged from his body. <laughs> And this single feather begins floating down, deep down into the cavernous prison that is this holding holding cell for Tai Lung. And so by, by slapping the bird on the back and sending the feather downward, in the moment of hubris, in the moment of bragging about the strength of his prison, he sets in motion a chain of events that will allow Tai Lung to escape. So here again is something perhaps important for us to look at. In our hubris, where we are confident, overly confident, where we believe in ourselves in ways that perhaps we shouldn't, therein lies the opportunity to fail. 
within our own hubris, we hold the keys to our own failure. And in a similar way that Shifu's own fears help to manifest Tai Lung escaping, this guards or this warden, his own hubris is what enabled Tai Lung to escape. He says, one way in, one way out, 1,000 guards and one prisoner. And uh, the, the feather, it just trickles down slowly. It just kind of kind of like uh, glides down until eventually it lands just in front of Tai Lung. He uses his tail to grab it. He picks the lock and eventually he escapes. And so the dream that the story started off with, with Poe in the back, uh, Poe dreaming about being the dragon warrior, going across China and battling worthy foe, everything is now in place. Everything's now in place for this eventual end, for Tai Lung to come back, for Poe to arise and become the dragon warrior. And nobody's excited about it. <laughs> the only person who's excited about all of this is Tai Lung because he finally gets his revenge. But Poe's not excited, and uh, he's really nervous. He's unsure of himself, full of self-doubt. He thinks that Ugui's made a mistake. Shifu's not excited because Shifu doesn't think that... He doesn't think that Poe has what it takes. And that's a that's a big part of this story is people looking at Poe and saying he doesn't have what it takes. But I think the real purpose of the whole story is to show what it takes. What is it that it takes? And Poe, in the end, he's able to demonstrate that. And he's actually begins to demonstrate it from the very beginning. So day one of Poe's training, he goes into the sacred hall of warriors. And this is like the museum of Kung Fu. And he immediately just becomes like a fanboy, like like a a child seeing new toys or something. He's just he can't believe how cool it is, how awesome it is, right? And Shifu comes into the building and he stands behind Poe and he watches him. He begins speaking with him. And immediately he begins to pair, tear down Poe for all the things that are wrong with him. He says you know, you, you're you you're too heavy. Your weight is out of control. You, your body's not right. You don't have the abilities. You don't know Kung Fu. And he puts Po in this hold that's called the Wuxi Finger Hold. And uh, I, I'm not a Kung Fu expert, so I don't know if the Wuxi Finger Hold is real. I don't know if you could blow people up by twisting their finger. But, um, but what's fascinating about it is in the moment where... Master Shifu is telling Poe what's wrong with him and why he'll never be a great master. Poe is so overcome with excitement for having a move placed on him. And this, this is the revealing of the secret. Poe loves Kung Fu so very much that no matter how bad he'll be at it for the rest of his life, any instance where he gets to participate in Kung Fu, even if he's on the receiving end, he's excited about it. So he knows what the Wuxi finger hold is. He knows how it works. He knows who developed it. And he's stoked just to, just to witness it, even if it's going to be used on him. Then when the Fabulous Five show up for their training, here's another indication that Poe is the right person. He is the Dragon Warrior. Even though, even though he's not prepared now, he's fully aware of who the Fabulous Five are. He knows each of them by name. He knows their fighting styles. He knows their moves. So what you see here is somebody who really has a passion for Kung Fu. He really loves it. And as his training begins, you suddenly realize what his power is. His power is his ability to stick it out, even when others would quit. Because from right from the beginning, Master Shifu just beats him up and beats him up. And the Fabulous Five just beat him up and beat him up. And even the servants and people inside the Jade Palace, they see no value in him. They can't see why he's even there. Why should he be there? And uh, it really gets to Poe. Like, it gets to him. He has a lot of self-doubt already. He doesn't think... He, he dreams in his dreams. These are fantasies he dreams about being the Dragon Warrior. He doesn't train every day to actually do it. And now that he's doing that, 
he feels very inadequate. He feels very self, a lot of self-doubt and insecurities. So that night, he, as he does, as a large panda who needs to eat a lot, but also eats when he's stressed, he goes off to find some food. And it just so happens that he's under some kind of sacred pear tree. And Uguay finds him. And once again, Uguay is the master. And Uguay shows us he's the master because, because he can see what's really happening. He looks at Poe and he says, I understand you eat when you're upset. Right? So he's, he's seeing Poe as a human being. I mean, a panda being. He's seeing him as somebody who's real and feels and has fears and has coping mechanisms and is trying to manage the life that he's suddenly been plunged into. <laughs> and so Poe opens up to him and he just talks about how hard it is and what his fears are. And Uguay, again, master of everything, again, he knows that there is no big plan. It doesn't matter. He says to Poe, quit, don't quit. Noodle, don't noodle. Because Poe's talking about going back to work for his father's noodle business. And uh, he basically says, do whatever. Do, do whatever. Whatever you do, that's what comes of it. Whatever you do, that's what will come of it. And uh, Poe's not sure. He's not sure if he should really listen and, and really get into it. And Uguay gives this quote, and I don't know if this is Uguay's quote because I, I want to say I've heard it for a long time, but he says, he says that the past is history and tomorrow a mystery, but today is, is a gift and that's why they call it the present. So what he's telling, telling Poe is that he needs to stop worrying so much. He needs to stop worrying so much about being the dragon lord about becoming something, about defeating Tai Lung, about being great. And all he needs to do is just focus on right now, doing what he needs to do right now. And, um, and this speech kind of reinvigorates Poe, and he's ready to go back. He's ready to give it his all. He's had his, um, his interaction with a guide, his, his master guide, and Uguay's given re reinvigorated in him. And, and really what's cool about what Uguay does is he listens to Poe, and he validates his concerns. But he also points out the thing that's unique about him. He says, he says, like, only you, you know, this is you. You go do it. And so Poe gets excited and he goes, uh, the next day he goes and he has a complete attitude change. He's no longer worried about his self-doubt. He's just going to give it his all. He's going to do his best. And so he begins to see everything as a challenge, as something awesome to experience, you know. And he loves the... He just loved the experience of being in a Kung Fu dojo, just learning from the masters. And again, he just gets beat up a lot. He just gets beat up because physically he's not ready. But what we see is that he loves Kung Fu so much that he loves it even when it's being used on him. And again, we get to this, it's his passion and his willingness not to give up. It's because he really wants it. It's something that he really cares about. It's like he was born for it. And, and what this change in attitude does is it suddenly gives him, it helps him gain some confidence from some of the other students. And as soon as the other students see that Poe has some worth, right? As soon as they see that he's not a quitter and that he loves Kung Fu and that he's going to give it his all, as soon as he does this, he sudden, they suddenly have some trust in him and have some faith in him and they start to talk to him. And, and it's that night that they reveal to him that, that the reason Shifu is so, what's the word, well, he's so anxious about Tai Lung or he's so invested in the situation is that we, it's revealed that Shifu was Tai Lung's master and he raised him and he trained him. And the story goes that the reason Tai Lung went to prison was because he wanted to be the dragon master. He wanted to be the dragon warrior. And he wanted the dragon scroll. And he wanted to know the secrets. That's what he wanted. And when Master Uguay told him that he was not the dragon warrior, he became angry and incensed. And he, he attacked the kingdom. And that's why they had to put him, put him away. And in the end, Shifu, it came down to a battle between Shifu and Tai Lung. And Shifu had so much love for Tai Lung that he couldn't hurt him. He couldn't stop him. 
And so Master Uguay had to do it for him. And so what we see come from this is Master Shifu's attitude, right? He's a lesser panda. <laughs> He's not the great panda that Poe is. He's a lesser panda. So when Poe attacks everything with enthusiasm and he enjoys it just for the pleasure of being part of Kung Fu, Master Shifu now spends his time meditating on inner peace. There's a scene where uh, Ugwe and Master Shifu are talking and Oh, the scene is actually the scene is that Master Shifu is meditating and he's repeating to himself a mantra, the phrase, inner peace, inner peace, inner peace. And I think um, <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, you don't see it in the movie, but I'm sure that Master Ugwe would say that the, the path to inner peace is probably not focusing so much on inner peace. What he really needs is a chance to redeem himself. Because I think what, what Shifu is suffering from here is the sin of his past, where he created something, that thing became dangerous, and he wasn't able to control it. And so now he suffers, and he, he just can't see the universe as clearly as Master Ugwe. And so when the messenger comes back, and he interrupts Shifu's meditation, and he tells him that Tai Lung has escaped. Then Shifu runs to Master Ugwe, and he, he says, there's terrible news, bad news, bad news. And Master Ugwe, in his ever-calm, kind of ever-present state, says, there is no good news and bad news. <laughs> there's only news. Uh, and again, he repeats the phrase, there are no accidents. So again, he's just trying to, to encourage Master Shifu to keep going with Po and to keep trying. He tells him, he talks to him about control and he uses a tree that's next to him to demonstrate that it doesn't matter what we want of this tree, we will only get what this tree gives us. And he talks about control as something that's not real and that Master Shifu needs to let it go. This is a story, this is a lesson for all of us. We're not in control, we just need to let it go. And he says, you don't need to turn Poe into the dragon warrior. Poe will become the dragon warrior. You don't need to turn him into it. All you have to do is guide him, believe in him, and nurture him. And as soon as Master Ugwe is able to pass on this information, there's some, all of a sudden some kind of movement in the universe. And the, the leaves from the tree kind of fly up into the sky. And Master Ugwe acknowledges that it's his time to leave. And he evaporates into the universe. And this, this may seem like, oh, it's time. It may seem like, oh, it's time for Uwe to transcend. It's, you know, it's just, it's, uh, he's, he's done his part and he's leaving or whatever. I see it differently. I see it as he's such a good master <laughs> that he knows exactly what his student needs. And what Shifu needs at this point is to take control of the situation not in the way that he was trying to, not, like Kazugwe was telling him, you can't be in control. But what he's saying is, you need to believe that this situation, that the situation you're in, is where you're supposed to be. And so, Ugwe leaves in order that Master Shifu can rise to the occasion, so that he can no longer be reliant on Master Ugwe. And in this way, he creates a trust ladder. Right, So you have Ugwe at the top believing in Shifu and believing in Po and telling them both to believe in themselves and to believe in each other. And um, neither Po nor Master Shifu know exactly what to do, but finally at this point, they're working together. Now, as Po and Master Shifu are off training and trying to help Po become the Dragon Warrior, the Fabulous Five, they become concerned with the progress that Tai Lung has made since he's left the prison. So Tai Lung is making his way towards their village, the Peaceful Valley. And along the way, he's wreaking havoc. And so the Fabulous Five, uh, not that they don't, maybe not that they don't believe in Poe, because at this point they're starting to believe, but they're seeing the urgency and they sit, so they go off to defeat Tai Lung. And when they encounter him, they discover that Tai Lung is much stronger than any of them had previously assumed. And he's able to defeat each of them and send them back 
basically in tatters. And when they get back, Shifu has to help them kind of recover. And now they're all really panicking. And Poe, as we know, as a panda, he has a certain way of comforting himself. And that way is to eat food. So Master Shifu goes looking for Poe. And where he finds him is in the kitchen, ransacking the cupboards for any morsel of food that he can find to try to comfort himself, to try to dispel the com- discomfort within him through his, his food, which has become his coping mechanism. Now, Shifu sees Poe in the kitchen uh, looking around for food, and rather than chastise him, see, he's, see, he's finally, Shifu has finally begun to rise to the level of Master Ugwe. So rather than seeing somebody doing something uh, that that's, you know, messy and not good for him and it's not what we need to be doing right now to get ready for Tai Lung, rather than judging Poe for it, Shifu finally looks at Poe for who he really is. He sees the weakness in him, not as a bad thing, but just as who he is. It's as if at long last, Poe's master, the one the one person who's supposed to be teaching him and helping him move forward, that person can finally see Poe for who he is. And only then is he able to start helping him. And so what Shifu does is he recognizes some of Poe's unique gifts. And he says to Poe, as Poe's stuffing himself with food, he mentions that Monkey likes to keep cookies up in the top cupboard. And this top cupboard is so high up that Poe can't reach it. So Shifu casually mentions it, and then he walks out of the room to leave Poe to his own devices. And as soon as Poe is alone, he decides to go after the cookies. And even though he's not a kung fu master, he's able to use moves that get him to the top of the, of the cupboards. And he's suspended up there doing a full split while he's eating cookies. And in this position, Shifu comes back into the room while Poe is up there. And he looks up at him. And he asks him how he got up there. How did you do that? And Poe, not even thinking about it, he's only been thinking about food. He simply says, I don't know, it was just an accident. And finally, Shifu sees the truth. And he looks at Poe and he says, there are no accidents. See, he's finally learning from his master. This Kung Fu world, this Kung Fu culture, at least in the movie, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to talk about Kung Fu in the real world, but in the movie, Kung Fu is this conservative culture. And what makes Ugwe such a great master is that he was master enough to know when to break the conservative rule, when to buck the trends, when to introduce something new, and to think liberally in a conservative culture. And so Master Ugwe went outside the norm and found somebody with special gifts and brought him into the fold to be the dragon warrior. And now that Shifu is able to see Poe as a potential dragon warrior. Poe himself can actually start to think of himself as training to become the dragon warrior. And in order to begin this training, Master Shifu does something that's really important. And this is important not just for this story, but for all stories where there's a hero who's going along their journey and they need to transcend to something greater. And what Master Shifu does is he takes Poe on a journey. And they go back to the origin, this, this place up in the hills called the Pool of Sacred Tears. It's the birthplace of Kung Fu. And this is where Master Ugwe sat and pondered upon things and discovered secrets of the universe. And this is where it all started. And from a mythological perspective, uh, when we tell stories uh, about transcendence, when there's a hero's journey, when, when we need to become something that we've never become before. Oftentimes, it's important to go back to the very beginning, where it all started. And so they're at this pool of sacred tears. And what's beautiful about the experience is that Shifu, he's finally talking to Poe as if he believes in him, and he's talking to him as if he's trying to motivate him rather than discourage him. And he says to Poe, do you want to learn Kung Fu? And Poe says, yes. And then Master Shifu says, then I am your master. 
And it's like a very moving scene, especially for Poe. And this is important because he's gone back to the origin, the pool of sacred tears. And while he's there, he participates in the crying. He adds his own tears to the pool and he is part of Kung Fu now. And he's gone back to the source and now he can work from the beginning, knowing who he is and what his objective is. And he can arrive there with the help of a great master. Uh, but there is a great line because as he starts crying, Master Shifu says, don't cry. <laughs> but it's pretty good. Uh, so then they move on to the actual training. And what's important here for Shifu is to recognize that Poe cannot be trained like all of the other masters because Master Monkey practices monkey style and pra Master Tigress, she practices tiger style. So it's important for Poe to practice Poe style. Or said another way, it's important for him to master panda style. And in order to do that, Master Shifu uses food. And he makes it such that Po must conquer hunger in order to become a Kung Fu master. And this is interesting because in a way, he's mastering what? Not Kung Fu steps, not meditative practices, not you know fight moves. What Po is mastering now is himself. And the way that Master Shifu does is, is he sets a table and he puts some pot stickers on the table and he invites Poe to have some. Now Poe, uh, he says, you are free to eat. And so Poe tries to get it. But then Master Shifu uses his own chopsticks to move the food or take the food from Poe such that Poe can't eat. And so he says to Poe again, you are free to eat. And Poe says, am I? You know, he's like, are you, I don't understand what you're doing here. And then Master Shifu looks at him and he says, are you? And so this sets off a chopstick battle in which Poe is trying his best most aggressively to get the food. And this goes on as kind of a training montage with music and it's fun and it's beautiful. And at the end, at the end, Poe is eventually able to seize the food from Shifu. He's able to take it from him and then choose to eat it. And instead of eating it, once he's finally got it in his hands, instead of eating it, the, the, the object of his desire, the object of his pursuit, he takes the food, the dumpling, and he throws it back to Shifu. And he says, I'm not hungry. And this is the moment where Shifu really understands that Poe could be the dragon master, the dragon warrior, because he looks at him as somebody who's conquered himself. And... And that's kind of the lesson here, right? Poe's po objective in order to win his destiny is not to conquer the world. It's not to go find foes and then defeat those foes. Those foes, you know, we, we go back to the dream at the beginning of the movie. Those foes are there to teach Poe. And so this Tai Lung, even this Tai Lung who's supposed to destroy the, the whole peaceful valley, he's really only there to teach Poe. And so Poe has become a true master because he's conquered himself and has stopped worrying about conquering others. And at this point, Shifu and Poe actually become friendly. It's as if they're starting to see themselves in each other. That little bit of panda that's in Shifu, he can see it in Poe now. And he likes him for it. And so he believes that he's ready. He's ready to become the dragon warrior. And what that requires is that they go back into the palace, the Jade Palace, and they go into this hall of masters. And they go to the dragon that's hanging from the ceiling, and Master Shifu is able to take the scroll out of the dragon's mouth, and he gives it to Poe. And he says, read it and fulfill your destiny, Poe. Read it and become the dragon warrior. <laughs> it's a great scene. And then Poe's so excited, and he's nervous at the same time, and he opens it up, and he looks at the dragon scroll, and it's blank. There's nothing there. It's a blank piece of paper. And he's got this line that's funny where he says, so Uguay is just a crazy old turtle after all. And Master Shifu immediately responds with, Uguay was wiser than us all. And so they're, they're a little confused. Neither one of them really knows what's going on. But Master Shifu's arisen to a point where he's not, he's not willing to go back anymore. He believes his master, he trusts his master, so he wants to keep moving forward. But Poe... This is jarring to Poe. Poe did not see this coming. He thought that there was going to be something special on this paper that talked about him or told him what to do or gave him guidance. 
But now he realizes that all he is is a panda who's been training for Kung Fu and hasn't gotten anywhere close to being able to defeat Tai Lung. And so Poe decides to go home. He, he realizes this is all just a big mistake. This is just an accident. And so he goes home. And he, Shifu's left there, you know, in the, in the Jade Palace by himself. All of his fabulous five have been defeated. They're no, they're no good to fight Tai Lung anymore. And so Shifu determines to face Tai Lung himself and to right the wrongs that he created, to atone for his past sins with his son. Poe goes home and he wanders back through the village to his dad noodle shop. And as soon as he shows up at the noodle shop, deflated, defeated, depressed, rather than, rather than encourage him and send him back on his journey to go be the dragon warrior, his dad immediately puts an apron on him and begins talking about noodles, telling him how excited he is that Poe is back and that Poe can help him finally with the noodle business. Now, Poe is depressed because even now he wants to be a kung fu master. He just lost his, his way a little bit with the, the hiccup of the dragon scroll being blank. But Poe's father, the... the uh, <laughs> the goose who's very excited about noodles, the noodle goose, he decides that since Poe has come home, his prodigal son has come home, it's time to give Poe the family secret, the secret to their secret ingredient soup. And so Poe says, okay, what is it? You know, he's not super thrilled, but his dad leans over and he says, nothing. The secret ingredient of secret ingredient soup is nothing. And Poe is a little confused at first, but more surprised maybe. And immediately he starts to see the connection between the dragon scroll being blank and his father's secret recipe being blank. Because this is the secret about everything. There are people out there that have skills and there are people that are talented and there are people that are born into situations that give them an upper hand. But the truth is that anybody who wants to be anything can be that thing. If they're willing to put themselves through the effort to do it. And so Poe's dad says to him, to make something special, you just have to believe it's special. And with that little bit of wisdom and advice, Poe's able to finally see the wisdom of the dragon scroll. He sees that he is the dragon warrior because he made it that far, because the universe chose him, because he loves Kung Fu and he has a passion for it. And he's in a unique position to be able to show up and save the world from Tai Lung. So the, the movie transitions back to Master Shifu, where he waits for Tai Lung. And when Tai Lung arrives, he's already mad that the dragon warrior isn't there. But he's also a little bit disappointed that he has to face Master Shifu. He's angry deep down because Shifu was his trainer, his master, his adoptive father in a way. And Shifu pushed him so hard to train for Kung Fu, all while encouraging him that one day he may be the dragon warrior. He may have a chance at it. He, if he works hard enough, he could become the dragon warrior. And so what Tai Lung is angry about is that he was pushed to become the dragon warrior, but then Ugwe did not allow him to be the dragon warrior. And Master Shifu did not stand up for him either in that case. Now, to compare the two, to compare Po and Tai Lung, you see why there's the conflict, why one of them succeeds, will eventually succeed, and why one of them could never succeed. And the reason is that Tai Lung never actually loved Kung Fu. He saw no reward in the journey itself. He didn't love Kung Fu and he had no passion for it, for any of it. He only had a desire to please his father and one day be recognized with the glory of being the dragon warrior. So in this moment, he's angry and he's come back and Shifu, Shifu can finally see it all. He can see what happened. He can see that it's his fault. He's the dad who pushed the son into his culture when his son was supposed to go do something else. So he's the noodle maker 
who didn't let Poe go up to the Jade Palace and be the Kung Fu master. So you see these two parallel stories playing out, and you see how one goes well and the other doesn't. So Master Shifu, he apologizes to Tai Lung to his face. He says, I'm sorry. I never should have pushed you. This was my fault, and I'm sorry. But Tai Lung, for Tai Lung, it's been too long. He's been pushed too far with, without the rewards that he wanted. You know, the journey wasn't the reward for him. He wanted, some, he wanted glory. And so Tai Lung attacks Shifu and defeats him. And so now we have an escaped prisoner who's come back and defeated all of the kingdom's kung fu masters. And the only person left to defend the kingdom is Poe. Fortunately, Poe's learned his lesson, and he's hurried back to the Jade Palace. And just as Tai Lung thinks that he's won the day, Poe appears as the dragon warrior. And immediately, Tai Lung reacts just like everybody else has reacted throughout the whole story. They look at Poe. <laughs> he looks at Poe just like everybody else, and he laughs, and he says, What is this? This is the, this is the dragon warrior? You're just a panda. And he's making the same mistake that everybody else made. He's making the mistake of not recognizing that it's Poe's unique pandaness that will allow him to win. Because Poe takes a beating from Tai Lung initially to begin with. Tai Lung throws him and kicks him and flips him and punches him. And Poe laughs through it all. He's enjoying it. Oh my gosh, he loves Kung Fu. He just loves Kung Fu. He doesn't care what's happening in Kung Fu as long as he gets to participate. And through this battle, going back and forth, eventually Tai Lung is able to seize the dragon scroll because he wants to see it for himself. And he opens it up and he stares at it. And he has the same reaction that Poe had in the beginning. Confusion, disappointment, just not knowing what to do next. He becomes angry. And Poe tries to explain it to him. He tries to tell him, hey, there's no secret ingredient. You know, you're special. It's just you. But it's, it's too long. It's been too long. They've gone too far. And Tai Lung, uh, he's not ready for that message. He wants revenge. <laughs> and so they continue fighting. But then Poe is able to put, put Tai Lung in the Wuxi finger hold. It's a great way to end the, uh, the, end the battle because it's such a silly move where he pinches his finger and twists it. But he grabs Tai Lung's finger and he, he gets it in the Wuxi finger hold. And Tai Lung looks at him and he says, Shifu didn't teach you that. And Po says, nope, I figured it out. And again, again, this is Po. This is why he's here. Because he loves Kung Fu so much that he figured out the Wuxi finger hold. Just by watching and listening and paying attention and loving it, right? So he does the little twist. And this is a great kung fu move because the little twist on the finger causes this giant explosion. <laughs> tai Lung gets flown. Like, I don't know where he goes. He just disappears. And from that explosion, from the what's left of that carnage, there's this big dust cloud and Poe comes walking out of the dust cloud back into the village. He's the triumphant hero returning to his original culture. To, to relay the message of what he's accomplished and what he's learned for the culture. And as he walks back into the scene, it's perfect, like it's perfectly written because he's wearing an apron for making noodles and he's wearing a big wok on his head as if these things just crashed upon him when he, when he did the wuxi finger hold and everything's exploded. But what's significant about that is that those, those, that's the outfit for his old life. That's the outfit for how everybody saw him before. And this is how heroes' journeys often come to an end. <laughs> Walking back to your old culture. But this time, this time, all the people in the village, they acknowledge Poe for who he really is. The dragon warrior, a kung fu master of kung fu masters, who's just saved their kingdom from the evil Tai Lung and brought peace to the valley, and peace to his master Shifu. And that's why it's such a beautiful story. Because in the end, it's really just about transcendence, right? So if we take a step back and we say, stories are like mythology, and mythology is like dreams. When we dream, everything that's happening is happening inside of our heads. Everything that's happening is happening inside of our psyche. 
So that dream that Poe had at the very beginning about becoming the dragon warrior, what he was really dreaming about was the journey of his own soul through life to transition or transcend into what his, he's actually supposed to be, into his potential. And that's, that's how this story can relate to everybody because this story is the story of the hero's journey. And it shows the necessary steps of, of having fate call you to your, to your journey. And then realizing that there doesn't need to be anything special about you to pursue that journey other than a passion for the journey. So each of us can, can just look at it the same way. Uh, there's a Master Ugwe in all of us, and there's a Master Shifu in all of us, and there's a Po in all of us. And we're all surrounded by villagers and conservative fathers and people who don't believe in us. But we all have a Tai Lung that's coming up ahead. There's going to be a Tai Lung in our life. And if we're prepared to follow our true path, then we will be prepared for when Tai Lung arrives. But it takes effort. But just remember, just like in the story with Poe, the dragon scroll was blank. The secret ingredient to the secret ingredient soup was nothing. Because there is no secret ingredient. It's just you. So good luck. Go get it. You can do it. Anybody can. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Explorer Poet Podcast. I hope you find this and every other episode both interesting and engaging. I know I enjoy making them. My goal is to record high-quality conversations, both in terms of content and production value. But there's still a lot I need to learn. So if you have comments or suggestions about the audio recordings or the conversations themselves, please let me know. You can contact me via email at explorerpoet at gmail.com. For more about the Explorer Poet podcast, please visit explorerpoet.com or follow on Instagram at explorerpoet or on Twitter at explorerpoetpod. Please follow and rate the podcast on your favorite app. And if you really want to be supportive, please share it with a friend. Thanks. Thanks.